My name is Jack. I used to work at the lovely Witch Cross Garden Centre. So, uh, John, you owe me a fiver for putting some advertising out there for you. Um, I work here for King's Church. I'm a children's and youth leader. So you deal with me if you're between the ages of 6 and 20. For the rest of you outside that age bracket, you'll see me around occasionally doing other bits and bobs. And on days like today, when Rich has gone off on holiday, um, I get to speak to you guys from the Bible. Now, today we're continuing our series on salvation. We're making sure that we're getting the big picture of salvation. We're looking at the deep treasures that lie behind this word. We're looking at it in such a way that we're making sure we don't miss anything by whittling it down to one sentence of, oh, salvation's where your sins are forgiven or something like that. We're looking at it so that we make sure that we don't miss anything. We're making sure we're looking at it in such a way that we realise that there's more than what first meets the eye. Salvation is like a diamond. It's made up of many different facets. And the facet of the diamond we're looking at today is called regeneration. Or as it's more commonly known, being born again. This is where God works in us and totally changes us. We get a new spiritual life. We're awakened. And so the title I've given today is Out with the Old and In with the New. We're going to be looking at our Bibles this morning, so if you don't have one of these wonderful books, please stick your hand nice and high in the air, and some very kind person, John Kay, and (laughs) we'll go and get you one. It's actually Bill, but he'll get you one of these Bibles. And we're going to be looking at John chapter 3 this morning, the Gospel of John and chapter 3. If you do have one of our lovely church red Bibles, this is page 1065 page 1065, John chapter 3. The chapters are the big numbers and the verses are the small ones. So we're going to be looking at John chapter 3 and verse 1. We'll start. Now, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who has come from God. For no one could perform the miraculous signs you are doing if God were not with him. In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. That's regeneration. Verse 4. How can a man be born when he is old? Nicodemus asked. Surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he's born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone who is born of the spirit. I'm just going to pray and then we'll get started at looking at this text. Father, thank you so much that you have made many of us here today born again. Thank you that you've made many of us here Christians who can come and worship you and glorify you. I want to pray now, Lord God, that you by your Holy Spirit, you would speak to us here today. That you would teach us what it is, what is regeneration. You would teach us what happens, what comes into being, what actually happens in the person. I want to pray, Holy Spirit, that you would speak to each and every one of us here today. Because I can speak all I want, and yet they won't hear anything unless you speak to them, God. I want to pray that you would use me in the way that you deem fit. This is your time, Lord Jesus. 
and we ask you to use it as you will. Amen. Okay, now looking at regeneration this morning, I'd like to try and answer two questions. The first question is where we'll spend most of our time this morning, and this is looking at what is regeneration? What actually is it? By this I intend for us to look at what actually happens, what changes, what comes into being that just wasn't there before. The second thing I'd like us to look at then is why is it needed? Is regeneration necessary? Do we actually need this aspect of salvation? So let's kick off with the first question. What is regeneration? Now I bet there's a few of you out there in the congregation this morning who are just like me. The second you heard the word regeneration you thought, Doctor Who. I know exactly what this is about. Okay? For those of you who are foolish enough not to be fans of Doctor Who, and you are fools, okay, this is basically when the Doctor is near to death. He's about to die. You think all hope is lost when suddenly he regenerates. He changes into someone completely different. Now, apart from being a stroke of genius by the writers to seamlessly swap the actor over, the idea is that The doctor inwardly is still exactly the same person, but outwardly he's totally changed. It's out with his old body and in with the new. Now, our Bibles describe regeneration for the Christian in a sort of similar way. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. But... Is the Bible talking about the same thing as Doctor Who? Is Jesus in John chapter 3 talking about Doctor Who? I'm not going to leave you hanging on this question because the answer is no. (laughs) Emphatically no. Okay? When we're born again, outwardly we're exactly the same. But inwardly we've totally changed. This is the exact opposite of Doctor Who. When we become born again, we don't physically look different. Apart from maybe a rainbow guitar strap or some socks and sandals, okay? (laughs) But when I became a Christian, I didn't physically change, okay? Before I was a Christian, I had brown eyes and dark hair. And for the more observant of you out there, you may notice I still have brown eyes and dark hair. I didn't change. If you looked at a photo of Chris or Andy or Rachel, okay, you would, from just before they became a Christian, compared to a photo taken just after they'd become a Christian, I'm pretty sure they'd look the same. Okay, so we know that regeneration is not like that of Doctor Who. So let's look at John chapter 3 again and see what this has to tell us about biblical regeneration. So here in John chapter 3, in verse 1, it says there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish ruling council. So here there's a man called Nicodemus, and he's from the Pharisees. The Pharisees are a religious group of people who follow rules about rules about rules about rules. And in fact, they take following rules to a whole new level by going beyond what the Bible tells us. And these people, they're also self-righteous, okay? And when I say self-righteous, I mean they are people who uh, are aware and um, irritated by other people's sins and yet are totally oblivious to their own. And this kind of man comes to Jesus and he says in verse 2, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the miraculous signs you are doing if God were not with him. And in reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth. 
No one can see the kingdom of God unless he's born again. Here Jesus tells Nicodemus that unless you're born again, you won't see the kingdom of God. Later on he says, unless you're born again, you won't enter the kingdom of God. And he goes as far as saying in verse 7, you must be born again. Jesus is saying to this Pharisee in John chapter 3, and consequently he's saying it to us now today, that we don't need to keep all the rules or Pharisaic study. We don't need law keeping or religion. What we need is new birth. We need a new life. So this is the first thing this morning. When you're born again, you receive a new life, not a new religion. You receive a new life, not a new religion. This is what Nicodemus the Pharisee needed. He needed a new life. He needed a new nature. He needed out with the old and in with the new. This is what's new in 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone's in Christ... He is a new creation. The old or dead life has gone and the new life has come. Wayne Grudem defines regeneration as a secret act of God in which he imparts new spiritual life to us. Now obviously before we're Christians, we're physically alive. We're breathing, our heart's beating and it's okay. But you're spiritually dead And this secret act of God is him making you alive spiritually. This isn't God acting as a mortician, putting a bit of makeup on a dead body to make it look nicer. This is God actually raising a dead body, imparting real life. It's God making your heart beat again and your lungs breathe. He's making you alive spiritually. And if you're a Christian here today, God has made you alive together with Christ. Now God talks about this change, this new life, in Ezekiel chapter 36. In Ezekiel 36 and verse 26, God says, I will give you a new heart. I will put a new spirit in you. I will remove your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. This secret act of God here is him changing your heart of stone. This doesn't mean the heart pumping blood around your body, but it's a picture meaning the core of who you are, the centre of your being, your very nature. And God takes out this heart of stone, this heart that is unresponsive to God, this dead heart, and he replaces it with a new heart, a heart of flesh, a heart that pumps, a heart that moves, a heart that is responsive to God. It's out with the old and in with the new. And your new nature is totally different to the one you had before. Because now with a new heart, you are responsive to God. And you can come back into connection with him. The change of out with the old and in with the new is a bit like a caterpillar turning into a butterfly. And we'll look more at that later. But the second thing we need to know is that this new birth, this regeneration is totally a work of God. In Ezekiel, God says, I will give you a new heart. I will remove your heart of stone. John 3 tells us that spirit gives birth to spirit. So it's a work of God the Father and God the Holy Spirit giving us new spiritual life. And in the Gospel of John, Jesus makes it very clear that he himself is the life which we receive. 
Um, so the life which we receive is Jesus. That's the life which God the Holy Spirit gives us. Jesus says in John 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So the spiritual life we receive at regeneration is totally in connection with Jesus. In fact, the Apostle John tells us that the sole reason, the only reason he wrote his gospel account, his book in the Bible, is so that we may believe Jesus is the Christ, and by believing, we may have life in his name. So in regeneration, the Holy Spirit unites us together with Christ. Being born again unites us to Jesus in his death where he died on a cross for our sins in our place. It unites us to Jesus in his resurrection when he rose from the dead for our salvation. And Jesus places in the child of God, inside the Christian, the Holy Spirit, God himself. And this presence of the life, light and love of God alters our identity. So this is the third thing. So now we have a new identity in Christ. 2 Corinthians says, Therefore, if anyone's in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. This new identity in Christ is why some people in the Bible get given a new name. Like Abraham becomes Abraham, or Simon becomes Peter. It's out with the old identity and in with the new. So 2 Corinthians says, if anyone's in Christ, if anyone's in Christ, you're so deeply changed at the core of who you are, at the sum essence of your being, that you get a new identity as a new creation in Christ. Now, Ron spoke more about being in Christ in last week's sermon. And so, if you're new here today, or you weren't here last week, you can get this off of our website under resources and then click on sermons and you can hear all about being in Christ. But if you are in Christ, this is your identity. I'm not Jack, a guy who used to work at Witch Cross or a guy who works for the church. I'm Jack in Christ. In Christ is who I am. And if you're born again, you too are in Christ. And if you're in Christ, you're connected with Jesus in his perfect life, which fulfilled all the law. If you're in Christ, you're united with Jesus' life, which was ended on a Roman cross, dealing with your sin, with everything that you've done wrong, by doing the things you shouldn't have done, and by not doing the things you should have done. If you're in Christ, you're united with Jesus, who burst back into life after three days in the grave to prove that he had dealt with sin once and for all, that he'd taken the wrath and punishment that we all deserve. If you're in Christ, you have been born again, and you have a new identity as a new creation in Christ. It is out with the old and in with the new. And you know if you're born again, if you've experienced faith in Jesus Christ. You cannot separate regeneration with faith in Jesus. They go hand in hand because being born again always brings faith with it. If you're not born again, if you're not a Christian, then trust in Jesus. Give your life over to him. Repent of your sins and regeneration is evident in your life and you have a new identity in Christ. And if you're born again, then your identity is in Christ. It's not your role, relationship or your job. 
Your identity is in Christ. Your identity is not male or female, it's in Christ. Your identity is not mother or father, it's in Christ. Your identity is not butcher, baker or candlestick maker, it's in Christ. Your identity is not I'm a success, it's I'm in Christ. Your identity is not I'm a failure, it's I'm in Christ. Your identity is not I'm in Adam, it's I'm in Christ. Your identity is not I'm a sinner, it's I'm a saint because I'm in Christ. In Christ, if you're a Christian, is who you are. And out of this identity comes a new lifestyle. This is point number four. If you are born again, you have a new identity, and out of this new identity comes a new lifestyle. Earlier, we looked at Ezekiel 36, where we saw that regeneration involves God working in us and giving us a new heart, giving us a new nature. God changes us from the core of our being. He changes the total sum essence of who we are. But as well as working in us, God then works through us and gives us a new lifestyle. After talking about giving us a new heart and changing us, God says in Ezekiel 36, verse 27, And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. So when God says, I put my spirit in you, that's him working in us. And when he says, move you to follow, that's God working through us. So with a new nature and a new identity in Christ, where it's out with the old and in with the new, we can say, I used to live that way until I met with Jesus. Now I live this way. I used to do that until I met Jesus, now I do this. I used to think that way, until I met Jesus, now I think this way. And if you're a Christian, you're born again, and you can say, because I have the presence of the Holy Spirit in me, because I am a new creation, because I have a new nature, because I have a new identity in Christ, it is out with the old and in with the new. If you've done the Alpha Course or Freedom in Christ, you will have heard Rich use this analogy about caterpillars and butterflies. And because he's gone off on holiday and he won't know about this until he's heard it on the download, I'm going to steal this analogy. Before you're a Christian, you're like a caterpillar. Okay, You love crawling around the leaves with all your caterpillar buddies. You love having a nice tasty munch on a nice green leaf. Until one day you decide to go for a nice sleep in a cocoon. And when you wake up, you notice, oh no, I've got these big multicoloured wings on my back. Oh, my mouth's weird. It's no longer a mouth. It's more of a straw-like thing. I've got these weird antennae on my head. How does this work? I've totally changed. Never mind, you think. So you go back and you meet up with your caterpillar buddies and you think, I know, I'll go for a crawl along the leaf with them again. Oh, wait a minute, this whole new setup I've got, crawling doesn't really work anymore. Uh, Not to worry, I used to like having a munch on a leaf, I'll do that. Oh no, straw-like mouth, it's not going to work. What do I do? You see, the things that you used to love as a caterpillar just don't satisfy you anymore. As a butterfly, you need new things. You need things like flying and drinking nectar. It's out with the old and in with the new. And it's a bit like that when we're born again. I'm not saying we've got to fly and drink some nectar, 
But what I'm saying is, when you're born again, you realise that my sex life is different because I met with Jesus. You realise my financial life is different because I met with Jesus. You realise my relationships with family and friends, they're different because I met with Jesus. The very way I treat people is different because I met with Jesus. I personally, believe it or not, used to be quite mean and rude to people when I was at college. Um, I used to get drunk and go out with my friends and the list is endless really of what I did. But when I was regenerated, when I was underwent the new birth, I began, I changed. I began to love Jesus. I began to love his church. I genuinely started to love people. Things I did before didn't satisfy me anymore. I stopped being rude to people at college. I made new friends. I was nice to people. I stopped listening to violent and angry music. These things just didn't satisfy me anymore. As well as this, I began to enjoy reading my Bible, which was just a foreign concept before. I enjoyed reading other Christian books. Before, as a Christian, you could have counted the total number of books I'd ever read cover to cover on one hand. But now I just love reading and studying and finding out about Jesus, my Lord and my God. God changed me. It was out with the old and in with the new. Now I know that there's going to be some people here today who are thinking, that's great, Jack. That was wonderful for you. But that's not really the experience I felt in my life. Those things didn't change for me. I still don't really like reading my Bible. I'm, I'm still rude to people occasionally. It's a problem that I have. Well, think of it like this. It wasn't a problem when you weren't a Christian. The very fact that you realise it's a problem and that you want to change shows that you're regenerated, that you've been born again. It, you now have a desire to do God's will. You see, when I was born again, I didn't instantly become perfect. And it may be a surprise to some of you now, don't laugh, but I'm not perfect now. Okay? But the thing is, when I do screw up, when I sin, and I do things that I know is not what God wants for me, I feel bad about it. I realise that I've done wrong, and I want to change that. You see, being born again causes a lifestyle change in you that makes you love what God says is good and hate what he says is bad. And if you're a Christian here today, I just want to ask you this question. Is that true in your life? If you're a Christian, what has changed in your life? What new desires has God put on your heart when he did out with your old heart and in with the new? So to sum up, what is regeneration? Regeneration is where we get a new life, not a new religion. Regeneration is totally a work of God. In regeneration, we get a new identity in Christ. And out of our new identity comes a new lifestyle. But there's a fifth thing as well. According to Jesus, regeneration is not optional. It's not optional. Remember what Jesus says to Nicodemus the Pharisee in John chapter 3? Verse 7, he says, you must be born again. He doesn't say, get born again if you feel like it, if that's your choice. You know, He says, you must get born again. But why? Why do we need to get regenerated? This is my second question of the morning. Why is regeneration necessary? Jesus gives us some of the answer to this very question in John 3, verse 3. He says, I tell you the truth. 
No one can see the kingdom of God unless he's born again. Here Jesus is saying that you can't and won't even see the kingdom of God, let alone enter it, unless you're born again. By the very fact that Jesus says you must be born again should show us the severity of the problem we're about to look at. When Jesus is saying you must be born again, when he's saying that the only solution to the problem that you're in is a whole new life, it tells us that this defect is worse than bad. It's a bit like this. Imagine I've just hurt my arm. It doesn't look too bad, but it's a bit painful, so I decide to get it checked out by a doctor. Maybe I go and see Rob, and he gives it a prod and does a few other tests. And he goes away, gets the results, and comes back. And before telling me anything else, he says, I'm sorry, Jeff, but we've got to amputate this arm immediately. That tells me I have a serious problem with my arm. And it's the same effect when Jesus says, you must be born again. This is the only solution. Regeneration is necessary to rectify the problem. So what is this problem that if left untouched, we will stop even being able to see the kingdom of God, let alone enter it? Well, it's that before we were born again, we were all, by nature and choice, sinners. So before we had God do this secret act of imparting new spiritual life, before we had God doing this act of changing who we are, Ephesians 2 describes us as being dead in our transgressions and sins. We had no spiritual life. Ezekiel says that we had a heart of stone. We, by our very nature and choice, were hard-hearted, callous and selfish towards God. Our hearts of stone were so hard, according to Ezekiel, that this is why we don't turn to God. This is why when I wasn't a Christian and my friend told me the gospel, it was like talking to a brick wall. This is why if you, as a Christian, went and told someone now and said, oh, I go to church on Sundays, would you like to come? They'll look at you like you're offering them the plague. This is why... um, if when we go out in the precinct and we're handing out leaflet after leaflet after leaflet, we get so many blank stares and people going, no thanks. This is why if you go and tell your neighbour about Jesus, they'll go, good for you, not for me. Okay? They're just not interested. They're spiritually dead. But God is screaming out to those people who are not born again, repent. Repent of your sins. Turn away from what you've done wrong and accept Jesus, my son, for salvation. Yet those people choose to ignore God and they're spiritually dead inside. They're hard-hearted against God. 1 Corinthians says that the man without the spirit, that's the man who's not born again, the one who's not undergone regeneration, he does not accept the things of God for they are foolishness to him. He cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Now that's not saying that the people in the precinct or your neighbour or your friend that you tell about church, it's not saying that they can't intellectually understand the gospel. What it's saying is that when they hear the gospel, they just see it as foolishness. They choose to not understand it. So before being regenerated, your biggest problems, not your finances, your jobs, your family, your friends or me... Your biggest problem is you because you're separated from God. Your problem is not just what you do, 
but it's who you are. You're not in connection with God. So as Jesus says, if you're not born again, you won't even see the kingdom of God. But if you are a Christian, if you're born again, God being rich in mercy made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in our transgressions and sins, he makes us spiritually alive. If you're not a Christian, you need to be born again. You need to turn to Jesus for your salvation. You need to turn to him so he can wash you clean from all your sins. You need to turn to Jesus so that you can meet with him. You can come back into connection with God and have a relationship with him. Because without God, you're not born again. Without God, you're dead in your transgressions and sins. You have a hard, unresponsive heart and you cannot accept the gospel and you cannot even see the kingdom of God. But if you are a Christian, that's all old. That's the old you. And it is out with the old and in with the new. So to end with, when you're born again, God works in you and gives you a new spiritual life where you receive Jesus and you're united together with his life. And because of Jesus' work on the cross, where he dealt with all your sin and all your shame, you are now justified. This means right standing before God. All the barriers from your old self, where you are hard-hearted and rebellious towards God, have gone. They've melted away. And you can come back into connection with God where you receive a new identity as a new creation in Christ. And because of this new identity, you get a new lifestyle. It is out with the old and in with the new. So if you're not a Christian, you must be born again. You must give your life to Jesus. You must repent of your sins and connect with God. Because you must be born again. Otherwise, you won't see the kingdom of God. And if you're a Christian here today, then you are, as 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, in Christ, as a new creation, the old has gone, the new has come. And that is amazing. That is who you are as a Christian, in Christ, as a totally new creation with a new spiritual life. It really is out with the old and in with the new. So to end, I'm just going to pray. And as I pray, the band's going to come up and we're going to sing one last song as worship to God, as worship to Jesus for what he has done for us. Father God, I thank you so much for regeneration. I love this. This is one of my favorite teachings of the Bible, that I'm not who I was. I'm a new creation in Christ. In Christ is who I am. And for every Christian who's here today, they too are in Christ as new creations. And we know that it's totally your work. The reason that we are alive in Jesus Christ, it's all because of you, Jesus. It's your grace on us. Thank you, and I worship you, Jesus.